This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Welcome friends, beloved ones of God, the ones on whom his eye is fixed, his gaze is held in delight. Stacy here. It's May already, and we are approaching the holiday in the United States of Mother's Day. It's a national holiday that is filled with flowers and goodness for some, heartache and sorrow for others. I want to acknowledge that, and I pray that wherever on that scale you find yourselves, you know that you are wanted and welcomed. You are seen and valued by your God. I'm going to begin today's podcast time together that I've been looking forward to with um, the verse, Romans 12, verse 5. It says, So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Members of one another. I love that. We belong to each other. We need to belong. In fact, the need to belong, it refers to the truth that human beings need to belong to others as much as they need water, as much as they need food. Sherry Snyder on our captivating team speaks brilliantly on the need to belong at our retreats, saying, Fitting in has to do with editing ourselves to become like others in order to secure belonging. However, true belonging is the experience of getting to be fully us and having a place in the family or group all our own as our true selves. Have you had to do much fitting in? You have. I certainly have. It comes with the territory. But the need to belong is as high as the need to secure every other necessity that is needed to survive. Researchers have discovered that satisfying belongingness requires that two aspects of relationships be met. The first is that people need to have positive and pleasant, not negative, interactions with others. The second aspect specifies that these interactions cannot be random, but rather should take place as part of a stable, lasting relationship. In other words, to have secure belonging, we need love and consistency. We need to have our core questions answered in the way we are meant to, that we are loved, that we have what it takes, that we are delighted in and answered over and over and over again. John Bowlby was probably the first psychologist to develop the idea that belongingness is a special need and was one of the first to perform experimental tests on the idea. Bowlby is best known for his attachment theory. You may have heard of that, which says that people's early relationships with their caregivers and primarily among children and their mothers set the foundation for how they will respond to others in close, intimate relationships for the rest of their lives. Did you hear that? That early bonding or not, it sets the stage for the rest of how we're going to experience people. As infants, 
We look to our parents to find love and consistency. Of course we do. To find secure belonging in what is called their mirroring gaze, that look from one eye to the other. The security of our attachment with our caregivers, and again, primarily our mothers, help shape the confidence with which we'll move in the world for the rest of our lives. Research has shown that babies with very affectionate and attentive mothers grow up to be happier, more resilient, and less anxious adults. Mothers and fathers who offer attachment to their children results in lifelong positive outcomes for those children, higher self-esteem, improved academic performance, better parent-child communication, fewer psychological and behavior problems, even a more healthy and long life have been linked to this type of affection. This happens because their brain actually changes as a result of the affection. And of course, we know that the opposite is true. The damage done to children with unattached, uninvolved, unloving, or abusive parents is vast and affects every area of their lives. We need to belong. We need to have attachment. And we get it when we are very young or we don't. What if a child's experience for the majority of their life is that they receive little to no attachment to their mother? Well, they would not have a sense of belonging. They would not be able to come to a place of confidence in who they were. And they would work all their lives to obtain a level of belonging beyond merely fitting in that would be very difficult to obtain. Look at the proliferation of social media, texting, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. There is a desperate longing for connection in our crazy world. The pace of the madness keeps us from forming and sustaining deep relationships that are face-to-face. But you can see the grasp for it. Just look at your reaction when a new text comes in, the compulsion to look at it immediately. I know I want to. It's rooted in the longing for connection. But with God. But with God, people who had very little attachment as children can grow up to become persons that offer and enjoy secure attachment if they, one, will honestly acknowledge the failure of their caregivers, and two, if they will forgive them, and three, if they find it as an adult. Friends, friends, we not only can find it, we merely need to receive it. Because God not only fathers us, he mothers us as well. He is attached to us. Let's take a look at the father and mother of the people of Israel to see what we can glean from their lives. Abraham and Sarah are the archetypes of pilgrims not yet home. They are strangers in a strange land. They didn't belong. The narrative of Abram and Sarai in Genesis revolves around the themes of the promise of abundance in in descendants, in land, in fruitfulness, in sufficiency, in having their every need met. You remember, Abram is commanded by God to depart the house of his father, Terah, 
And yes, Sarah and Abraham shared the same father, but they had different mothers. And to move to the land formerly given to Canaan, but which God now promised to Abram and his offspring. So Abram, Sarai, and parts of his family with all their many belongings left Ur, just Turkey, and went to Shechem and Bethel, which is on the west bank of Israel. God promises Abram that he will make of him a great nation, bless him, make his name great, bless those who bless him, and curse him that curses him. The promise was given to Abram, but there was another essential member in the equation. Abram had his Azer Kinedko, his partner, his counterpart. The promise of God would not be fulfilled without Sarah playing her part, trusting, believing, risking, opening herself up to the possibility that what God has said is true. The promises of God will not be fulfilled without the woman, the azer, the life giver, the life saver, playing her irreplaceable role. It takes both men and women working together to bring the kingdom. When God first appeared to Abram and introduced himself, he told Abram his name. It's the first name by which God identifies himself. It is important. He said to Abram, I am El Shaddai. This is Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. El Shaddai. El is singular. Shaddai is plural. El has to do with might, power, strength. It's the strong one. Early translations identify Shaddai as meaning enough, sufficient, providing all that is needed, nourisher, satisfier. El Shaddai. God is the strong one who is able to nourish us completely, providing all that we need. God wants us to know that it's him who sustains us, who loves us, Like a mother loves her newborn child. And by the way, when you can't find Shaddai in your your translation, most English translations have used Almighty for Shaddai. If we look back at all the blessings in which Shaddai is over and over invoked through the scriptures, they are about fruitfulness and fertility, abundance. Shaddai means breasts. God is seen as infinite mother pouring forth blessings from the breasts above and the womb below, from the heavens that pour forth nourishing rain and from the ocean deeps that birth new life. Shaddai is used as a picture of the perfect love, sweetness, and satisfaction that exists between the Lord and the children of God. Shaddai refers to the abundant blessings of God. It refers to loyalty, love, and devotion. It refers to secure attachment, to belonging. The name El Shaddai, the God of many breasts, displays that the righteous and loving God cares for us as a mother is meant to care for a newborn child. Everything we could possibly need, exactly when we need it, God is. 
The nursing relationship contains a symbolism that resonates throughout the Old and New Testaments, the mirroring gaze, the responsive face. You satisfy my desires, the psalmist says, with every good thing. We need attachments. We need to be mothered, regardless of our age. We need belonging. We need to know our identity as the apple of God's eye and then to live from that secure, bountiful, fruitful place. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. Friends, God has never and will never turn his face from you. He is attached to you. He knows you. J.I. Packer, in Knowing God, said, What matters supremely, therefore, is not, in the last analysis, the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlies it, the fact that He knows me. I am graven on the palms of His hands. I am never out of His mind. You are known. And you don't have to shape yourself into fitting in to belong to him. You get to be exactly who you are. And who you are belongs completely to him. Isaiah 44 verse 5 says, This one will say, I am the Lord's. And that one will call on the name of Jacob. And another will write on his hand, Belonging to the Lord. Yes, God. Let's go back to Sarah. The promise was given to Abram, but it was given to Sarah too, Sarai, while she was waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. She was a barren woman in a time when all that mattered was her ability to bear a son. Did she ache? As she was one step removed from the honor of being her father's daughter and referred to as the daughter-in-law. As her husband asked her to go into the harem of the pharaoh to protect his own skin, was she heartbroken? As Abraham let her go again so easily to Abimelech, did she cry? As she waited 35 years for the promise to be fulfilled, did she ultimately give up? She did. And oh, she wept as she desperately took matters into her own hands, giving her servant to her husband in the hopes that somebody could bear him a son. Did she weep? Was her hope gone? Did she fall onto the ground with her heart's tears mingling in the dirt to form a wet mud, reminding her of her humanity? Of course she did. Many many times. And what about you? Have you fallen to the ground in the pain of unfulfilled promises, in the agony of the waiting, in the sorrow of being rejected, unseen, not valued, feeling like you don't belong? Oh, you have. I know you have. I have. It's a part of all our lives. It is inevitable on the journey through this fallen world that we are all taking. Do those times matter? 
Oh, beloved, they do. They are the normal days, the in-between days, the valley days between the heights where we know the love of God profoundly. They are the days that capture our Jesus' heart when from our weakened gaze, we glance his direction with the hope to receive the grace to live one more day, to hold on one more day. These are the pages of the story of our lives that matter the most. Friends, union with God is our way of healing the lack of attachment, connection, bonding. Union with God is essential belonging. It is the soul coming home. We give ourselves to union every day so that we might receive the connection and belonging and nourishment we need. Gold is being forged in your hearts, friends. Barren days, your barren days, like Sarah's barren days, are being written in the eternal book of remembrance of our God. And one day, one day, you will know their value. The times when we feel nothing, when hope has faded, and yet we turn in prayer to God for union, these are the times that undo the heart of the King of Heaven. And God is a God of process. The road is not a straight line from here to there. You know that. We wander in unknown lands, just as Sarah and Abraham did, just as the people of Israel did all with a hope of a better land, a promise to be fulfilled, with a gaze set on the face of our beautiful Savior, to choice of our wills to seek him, to believe in El Shaddai, not based on our experience, but based on what he has expressed in his word and what he has revealed in his Son, to trust that even in our loneliest moments, We belong to God. He says, you are mine. Sarah, too, belonged to God. Even through years of of not seeing, of not feeling seen, of being treated as incidental, disposable, dispensable, of failing, of falling to her own resources, of not trusting God, she belongs. She was renamed from Sarai to Sarah. She was blessed. She is the ancestress of Israel. She is called by God the mother of nations. She's named four more times in the scriptures as one we should look to and emulate. We too are waiting for the promise to be completely fulfilled. We are Abraham. We are Sarah, and we too have been renamed. We are sought after. We are children of God, and we are the ones living in a land not our own. Sarah and Abraham wandered all their lives, never owning land. In fact, the first land they owned was Sarah's burial place. Sometimes we feel like we are wandering. Well, we are wandering. We too are strangers in a strange land. This is not our home. We don't belong here, but we do belong to God. 
there are stories throughout Scripture of not having what is most longed for, crying for it, waiting for it, losing hope for it. Then while all natural hope is gone to have the promise fulfilled because God is faithful, God is faithful, we can wait, we can pray, we can wander, and we can live with hope. El Shaddai comes. He provides abundantly. Union with God is available. Fathering, mothering, belonging, it's available. And we need people to remind us of what he has won, what he has done, who we are to him, and that all of his promises to us will be fulfilled. I am one here now, reminding you. You have a family. You belong. You are welcomed. You belong. You are wanted. You belong. You have a place at the table. You belong. You have a father that cares for you, loves you, promises good to you. You belong. Your God is named El Shaddai. Friends, Deuteronomy 8, 7 through 9 is for you. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and fountains and springs that flow through the valleys and hills. This is not our home. But like Sarah and Abraham, we do have one. And God is El Shaddai, the source of all we need. He is our secure belonging, and we are attached to him. He is El Emeth, the God of truth. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is the God of angel armies, the Lord of hosts. He is Yahweh, the great I am, the matchless one, the infinite one. He is the root and the offspring of Jesse, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end the first and the last, Yeshua. He is Jesus. He is our home. We don't have to wander anymore. Friends, let me come back to Mother's Day just for a brief minute before we close. You know that mothers labor when they give birth, but it doesn't stop with the arrival of their infant. Labor is not limited to the glory of childbirth. You labor. We all labor. We labor to bring forth life in many ways. It is a labor to love. It is an offering, an outpouring of the highest nobility. It is a holy labor to say yes to Jesus and do what it is he asks you to do, one step in front of the other, one choice following the next. On Mother's Day, we honor mothers for their invaluable, dramatic, and life-altering work. We hold up the holy office of motherhood with the esteem it deserves. We are moved. We are grateful. We give thanks. Where we are wounded, we, by God's grace, His strength within us, forgive. 
We ask our good Father to mother us in the places within us that need care. We thank Him that He has never left us on our own. We seek His face that we might know love ever more deeply, even in this moment, cascading into our hearts. And as we honor our mothers, or grieve their loss, or yield them up to Jesus, refusing to harbor judgment, or ache with the longing to be one, or cry desperate tears, wanting to be a better one, or reel with a razor-sharp pain too deep for words at the loss of our own child. May we see and recognize the returning gaze of our King, blessing us with the knowledge that however messy it may look, we are partnering with Jesus. We are laboring to love. Let me close with Isaiah 44, verse 5 again. This one will say, I am the Lord's. And that one will call on the name of Jacob. And another will write on his hand, belonging to the Lord's. So, Jesus, Father El Shaddai, I ask on behalf of everyone listening right now for your mothering care, that you would tend the places in our hearts and our lives that need your touch, that need your mercy, that need your presence. God, I ask that we would have secure attachment to you, that we would have union with you, not just closeness but union, oneness, belonging. So God, would you reveal yourself to us again as El Shaddai, as El Shaddai. We need you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, friends, and bless you. 